Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 233 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 16 today, and our focus is on lessons from Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill Church Plus. Does opposition and resistance mean that God is not with you? Well, thanks for joining us every day. We get into the Word of God one or two chapters at a time, and I want to encourage you to share the show with friends and neighbors because our goal is to get as many people as possible involved in daily Bible intake, whether it be listening, reading, whatever. We want to get you and everybody we can involved in a lifestyle of daily Bible listening, reading, following, and obeying. Welcome to new listeners in Lagos, Nigeria, Oyo, Nigeria, parts unknown, Russia, Uttar Pradesh, India, Oslo, Norway, Nairobi, Kenya, parts unknown, Italy, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Beaumont, Texas, Orlando, Florida, Cleveland, Ohio, Champaign, Illinois, and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining us. Our website is Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. You can get a transcript of every episode that pretty much has all of the words I say, except the words at the beginning, which are not really written out, uh, at Bible2021.com. So if we cover verses here, read quotes, or anything like that, you can come to the website and check that out. If you miss something, two short episodes this weekend as I try to atone for my verbosity over the past two episodes. We try to keep it around 10 minutes per episode, and I failed on that. Um, kind of a lot lately, so I feel like I owe you to cut it down a little bit. And today we conclude 1 Corinthians and discuss two things that could be their own podcast. Speaking of podcasts, I've been listening to Christianity Today's podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill Church. It's a well-made podcast. I don't know that I agree with every conclusion and everything they did in that podcast, but it's fascinating. It's all about how Pastor Mark Driscoll and others planted a church in Seattle, Washington, one of the most unchristian cities in America, and that church grew from a handful of people to over 10,000 in just a few years. Well, very sadly, things went awry, and that church, which had seemingly strong beginnings, has disintegrated to basically nothing today, and Mark Driscoll resigned as the pastor in 2017. Now, this podcast... uh, chronicles the explosive growth of Mars Hill Church and the several fatal flaws in Mark Driscoll's leadership. Now, to my knowledge, he did not have a moral failure in the traditional sense, like an affair or a sex scandal or a drug abuse or alcoholism or theft or anything like that. But according to many former leaders and members of Mars Hill Church, Driscoll was something akin to like a bully in his leadership. It had to be his way. Well, a few years ago, when speaking at a pastor's conference, training other pastors, Mark said this, too many guys waste too much time trying to move stiff-necked, stubborn, obstinate people. There is a pile of dead bodies behind the Mars Hill bus, and by God's grace, it'll be a mountain by the time we're done. You either get on the bus or you get run over by the bus. Those are the options, but the bus ain't going to stop. I'm just a guy who's like, look, we love you, but this is what we're doing. There's a few kind of people. There's people who get in the way of the bus. They got to get run over. There are people who 
who want to take turns driving the bus. They got to get thrown off because they want to go somewhere else. Yesterday, we fired two elders for the first time in the history of Mars Hill. They're off the bus, under the bus. They were off mission, so now they're unemployed. I mean, this will be the defining issue as to whether or not you succeed or fail. Well, look, that's a graphic statement that's quite metaphorical. Understand, Mark is not talking about literal dead bodies that he drove over in the church bus, but he's talking about fired pastors and leaders that were forced out at Mars Hill when they didn't agree with his vision, and the church bus metaphorically ran over them. And um, Driscoll apparently was driving. And the thing about it here is Driscoll was trying to tell eager young pastors that were eating up his uh, his training that this sort of decision to fire people and metaphorically run over them with the church bus was the difference between success and failure as a pastor. Now, there were some things Mark Driscoll said that I liked back in the day. But this kind of statement and the kind of behavior he exhibited over the last few years of his leadership there honestly just angers me as a pastor. It's so far away from what Jesus calls us to. A follower of Jesus should say nothing of the kind of running over people that are in opposition to them. That's not how we handle things. Well, look, we're not going to explore this issue in depth today, but Paul does give us an instruction in 1 Corinthians 16 that applies to this situation and every situation for the Christian. He says in verse 13 and 14, be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Yes, be alert. Yes, says Paul, stand firm courageously, contending for the truths of God's word. Yes, be strong and courageous. But Paul says, do everything in love. And when I hear Mark Driscoll talking repeatedly about running people over with his bus, even though it is a metaphorical bus, I hear somebody who strayed far, far away from doing everything in love. May we not stray from this command, remembering that when we lack love in our character, habits, and actions, we are nothing, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 13. Next topic. About two decades ago, uh, is that right? Actually, it was a little more than two decades ago maybe 25-ish years ago, I was serving in my second church and I was a youth pastor at the time. Times were tough at that church. There was a lot of division. The youth group had grown rapidly and some of the church loved that and some of the church didn't love it quite so much. And the pastor was in the process of converting to Catholicism and he would shortly leave uh, around a few months after the story I'm about to tell you happened. There was trouble. I didn't know what to do. I was just basically a kid. I'd only worked in church for a couple of years at this point. I thought God might be calling me to leave too. And I sat down in a closet-sized room in that church and just opened up the Bible and almost randomly came to 1 Corinthians 16. And my eyes fell upon verse 8 and 9 where Paul says, I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost because a wide door for effective ministry has opened for me yet many oppose me. Now, I don't recall if that was the first verse I read because it's been over two decades ago, but I know that God caused those words and those verses to burn in my eyes and to jump off the page, so to speak. And I sensed God was telling me to stay at that church for a time and continue discipling the youth group. This passage shows us 
that you and I must be careful to interpret God's will based on circumstances. In fact, we should not interpret God's will based on circumstances. The opposition Paul was facing did not mean that God wasn't with him. It did not mean that God was calling him to leave and did not mean that Paul's ministry wouldn't be fruitful and effective. Indeed, as Paul notes, even though there was opposition on every side, God had in fact opened a door for effective ministry, fruitful and effective ministry in the midst of conflict. And friends, Effective and fruitful ministry can happen in the face of trials, tribulations, turmoils, and oppositions. Trust God and don't be led by circumstances. Well, let's read our passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1, about the collection for the saints. Do the same as I instructed the Galatian churches on the first day of the week. Each of you is to set something aside and save in keeping with how he is prospering so that no collections will need to be made when I come. When I arrive, I will send with letters those you recommend to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it is suitable for me to go as well, they will travel with me. I will come to you after I pass through Macedonia, for I will be traveling through Macedonia, and perhaps I will remain with you or even spend the winter, so that you may send me on my way wherever I go. I don't want to see you just now in passing, since I hope to spend time with some of you, if the Lord allows. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, because a wide door for effective ministry has opened for me, yet many oppose me. If Timothy comes, see that he has nothing to fear while with you because he is doing the Lord's work just as I am. So let no one look down on him. Send him on his way in peace so that he can come to me because I am expecting him with the brothers. Now about our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brothers, but he was not at all willing to come now. However, he will come when he has an opportunity. Be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. Brothers and sisters, you know the household of Stephanus. They are the first fruits of Achaia and have devoted themselves to serving the saints. I urge you also to submit to such people and to everyone who works and labors with them. I am delighted to have Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus present because these men have made up for your absence. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore recognize such people. The churches of Asia send you greetings, Aquila and Priscilla send you greetings warmly in the Lord, along with the church that meets in their home. All the brothers and sisters send you greetings, greet one another with a holy kiss. This greeting is in my own hand, Paul. If anyone does not love the Lord, a curse be on him, our Lord come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you, all of you, in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, we close today with our Bible memory passage for the month of August, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6, which says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Amen and amen. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.